Welcome to the Evocative Exchange, where we meet with go-getters who have that X factor, a way of meeting today's challenges with bold and evocative solutions. We'll share what keeps these experts thinking, thriving, and feeling inspired in design, entrepreneurial life, healthcare marketing, and beyond. Today on the Evocative Exchange, we welcome Bryn Tillman, the CEO of Social Sales Link, and commonly known as the Linked in Whisperer. I'm very uh, inspired today to have this conversation because Bryn and I knew each other when and watched each other grow in our careers. So it's just going to be a great opportunity to catch up and also for us to introduce Bryn to our network because she is the number one LinkedIn resource. So Bryn, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be doing this with you, Donna. I and, know. Yeah. And, and it's great to <laughs> to do this with Leah too. What a, an honor to meet you. And uh, I'm excited to have a conversation around all things digital. Yes, love it. And LinkedIn was sort of like the beginning of getting involved in this genre for you. And, and 10 years later, you now have received the epitome of all LinkedIn honors, which is to be named a LinkedIn sales insider by LinkedIn. So just like, what exactly does that mean to you? Tell us a little bit about it. Well, it's, it is a huge honor and there are 37 globally. So to be one of 37 is an amazing wow. thing. And it really is, um, uh, the, the honor is that they have loved the content that I have shared around how to leverage LinkedIn and Sales Navigator, as well as AI. Uh, and their um, vetting of me really came down to how successful my content is in converting to actual business. And so that was really an honor. And, you know, I, it was fun to fly out there. I got filmed at LinkedIn and um, there were many fabulous parties to go to in celebration. And, and I'm just honored to be among a, a small group of LinkedIn experts that are really driving revenue for organizations. That is incredible. I really do congratulate you. You certainly, you've come a long way. You've come all the way. One of the things that came up for me when you said you flew out there and there were all these parties, were all of the 37 global influencers there at that event? They were all invited, but not all attended. It was actually the same week as uh, Dreamforce, which is Salesforce, uh, oh, their biggest convention. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot were there, but uh, not all. So do you feel as though making those connections expanded your LinkedIn horizons even broader? Absolutely. And the fun thing is um, Almost everyone on the list I was already connected to and had engaged with, but it was so much fun to meet them in person. Um, there, my friend Brian Fanzo has a quote from that's probably 12 years old that I use over and over again in that LinkedIn does not take the place of a handshake, but it turns a handshake into a hug. Oh, Wow. All of these people that I had never met in person, we were like so giddy to, you know, to meet, to hug, to 
rejoice in the in-person meeting. And it was really an incredible experience. Oh, that is a fabulous quote. It's just, a, it's a great visual. Really, it really gives people a sense of why am I spending all this time online on the computer? And it's really what could happen next. And it's a great lead into networking. Now, you've been teaching networking for the purpose of, of sales and selling for a very long time. Way back in the day, I was auditing uh, some of your classes. And I think that was when you originally started um, doing a LinkedIn session along with your sales training. So I'm, I'm curious for our listeners to find out what had you single out LinkedIn as sort of the major focus of the sales selling strategy? Yeah, yeah. And that was prior to Social Sales Link being launched. Uh, I was a partner with a fabulous woman, Lisa Peskin at Business Fabulous Lisa. Love Lisa. Yeah, at Business Development University, which is still thriving. Uh, and really LinkedIn came in almost as a loss leader. We would teach it originally at chambers of commerce and bring people in and then, you know, um, entice them into our sales training programs. But LinkedIn really became my passion. And although I was good at negotiation skills and okay at overcoming objections, that was Lisa's passion and yes. her world. My passion was getting to hello faster and at a high level of credibility. So the very top of the pipeline, and that's where LinkedIn really thrives. And I, I will say where I fell in love with LinkedIn as my primary focus for my career now over the last 10 years is because LinkedIn has a few functionalities that nothing else in the world has. Number one, it is self, um, it's it's updated, not self-updated. It is member updated, right? So you get a new job, you update it. You don't, the company does not have to go scraping websites and, you know, mm -hmm. and making phone calls to update their database. It is, um, it, it, you know, it's designed to be updated by the professional themselves. So, in my view, in the view of very many professionals, LinkedIn is the most accurate database out there. It's still and not I, And I think it gives you the most control. And it gives you the, well, yeah, of your own data. Absolutely, yep. which is great. But as a, a salesperson, um, that to me is really fabulous. Number two. Uh, there are over now a billion people on LinkedIn and almost every professional, at least in the United States, but throughout even globally minus a couple of countries, um, this is their primary professional platform. So wow. even if they're not using it on a daily basis, they have a profile and they have connections. So number two uh, and, and why this is my absolute favorite sales tool is because you can you, you, uh, create the pathways to stakeholders through your actual network and the people that you already know. We call it social proximity. How do you get to your stakeholders and decision makers through your connections, connections? And I like that six degrees of separation, Gwen. Uh, Brent, can you like yeah. 
I'm thinking of the Kevin Bacon thing. <laughs> yeah, in this case, we do, we go to two because um, there's more than enough there. And so we can filter and search our clients' connections and our networking partner yeah. connections to identify who they know that we want to meet and leverage those relationships to get warm introductions. So those are the primary reasons. I could go on and on all day just on that question, but I'll let it lie there. I, I feel like there's something um, that you coined a phrase, trust-based conversations. And I think that's that's a place where people really need to understand a little bit better um, the quality um, and not the quantity of the connection. Yeah, start trust-based conversations without being salesy. One of the biggest mistakes that business development professionals make is they have this whole agenda of what they want to talk about, what they want to tell people, what they want people to know. And most of the time when that happens, uh, we end up coming across salesy. And 90% right. 90, 90 of the people out there don't even know that they need us, don't even know that they need a solution like us. So if we pitch too soon, we... Hmm lose that credibility. So the way you start trust-based conversations is threefold. Number one, you've got to be a resource. You have to be out there as a thought leader and subject matter expert, which are, by the way, two different things. Uh, a subject matter expert is proof that you're really good at your job. A thought leader actually leads people to think differently about their current situation. So you really need those two to get combined through content and engagement. Uh, and so that when people are vetting you, they're like, wow, this person really gets my world. They understand me. I am curious now and thinking differently about the way I'm doing things today. And maybe I'm not doing them perfectly. So it's it's a bit of that influence, right? That that your thought leadership and subject matter expert together will create. So Without that's a number, doubt. Yeah, it's really powerful. Number two is that relationship, right? That that um, uh, you know I am building rapport and a relationship over time. So I now engage with someone. I'm bringing value. And I earn the right to get mm. the conversation. And a lot of this we say is you've got to slow down your outreach to speed up your outcome. Right? Wow. So you want to treat each of these people that you're having conversations with on LinkedIn the same way you would if they were in front of you at a networking meeting. Right. We would not just jump into, hey, let's have lunch. <laughs> right. <laughs> There, there is still a world of getting to know them and providing value. Um, one of the things I do when I connect with someone that I really want to start a conversation with is I quickly go down to their profile and see who do they follow and go, oh, Brene Brown. I'm going to go find a really good podcast from Brene Brown. And I'm going to say, hey, Donna, I noticed you're a big fan of Brene Brown. So am I. I just came across this podcast. I have it queued up to listen to but I, I thought I'd share it with you as everything she does is great value. That has nothing to do with you. But now you go, wow, she really took the time to learn about me as a human being, not as a prospect, right? And so those are, that's number, you know, that's really important. So it's about rapport building and relationship building and ultimately 
detaching from what that prospect is worth to you and attaching to what you are worth to them both personally and professionally. Love it. And then number three is that social proximity. Who in my network can I leverage to get introductions into my targeted buyers? Exactly. But people, it's funny because people sometimes start with number three. And I think that's where they get turned around because they, that's not like, what are people supposed to say? Like to introduce you if, if you've never met the person, right? But if you're halfway to dodge building a relationship and that person is aware of you, and then someone that you both know says, Hey, you know what? Bryn Tillman is so great. I've been working with her for over 10 years, blah, blah, blah. It's different. So I think that that's great information. I hope everyone's listening to that. I'm going to yes and that because there, I do have a lot of my clients start there with their clients, mm-hmm. right? So I, I will look at a, an existing client's connections and those you can say, hey, Ms. Client, I'd love to run this, um, the some names by you and get your thoughts based on my work with you if you think that I could bring value to them. And you could have, you know, eight, 10, 12 names and maybe two or three of those become meaningful introductions. And that really is done well, the, the fastest way to hello. Right. Right. I think, I think that's interesting though, because that person's already your client, right? Right. So you're starting with the person, you know, and then you're going to the person that they're saying, this worked for me. I know you, I think you need it to, here you go. And I, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you this, right? So then there's a thing called referral partners. And so how is that different than what we're talking about right now with individuals just doing it informally? Yeah. So, so, you know, I'm part of a JVMM, a joint venture group. A lot of people, entrepreneurs might be part of a small BNI, and there, but there may also be, um, you know, huge industry conventions that, you know, um, you have non-competitive colleagues at different companies that ultimately can help you get inside of an organization. For example, you may have a drug company and a medical equipment company, and they may both be selling to the same doctors or hospitals, but they don't compete. So they have the same client and they make phenomenal referral partners. So in the real world, physical world, um, you know, if a conversation comes up, they might make the introduction. Yeah. But often when we ask someone, who do you know, and they shrug their shoulders and they can't think offhand, mm-hmm. but they're probably connected to a lot of their prospects and a lot of their clients that they can make introductions to. And let me just share um, a huge success story that we had between a CPA and a banker um, where the banker noticed that the CPA was connected to a few companies they were trying to get into and the CPA came back and said, you know, that this is a prospect of mine. It's not a client. And I really am not sure um, if this is the right time to make the introduction. And the bankers, you know, they said, okay, but if you should make the introduction, I'll make sure to say what a great person you are on the back mm. end. 
Mm. And so they, they decided to move forward with that. And both of them got the business. I love that story. <laughs> I've definitely been in that situation a few times and feeling like I don't want to blow my next step with this potential client by then introducing them to something else to do, like changing sort of their trajectory. But it sounds like a CPA and a banker, you know, operate in the same realm and it's complimentary. What a great story. Yeah, you don't want to ever put yourself in a situation where you're buying for the same wallet. Right. For the same dollar. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But if you are like, for example, uh, you know, if, uh, medical equipment versus drug, there's no competition. You need exactly. both for different reasons. And it's not the same wallet. So, it's a different budget yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, Bryn, here we are. We're in 2024. Happy New Year. Yay. Happy New Year. My first podcast of the year. I love it. What an honor for us. That's fantastic. So let's talk to our business owners out there. What should they be doing to fully take advantage of LinkedIn prospecting for this year? Like what should they be setting up right now at the beginning of January for themselves, for their teams? Yeah, great question. So the first thing, and I think the most important piece, and, and Donna, I'm sure that you'll agree with this, is making sure that your personal slash professional brand is telling the story that you want them to see, that you're showing up as a resource. Um, Donna, by far, you are the best resume writer I have ever seen in my <laughs> entire life. Absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. Um, and so, you know, we want to transfer that concept to LinkedIn. But from a sales perspective, we want to make sure we're making a couple of tweaks. And a lot of that is in, in, is talking about how you help versus what you do, where you bring value. And there are opportunities inside of the profile to add content specifically in the featured section. Mm. So you can add really valuable content that is visually appealing, um, something that uh, Xavier House understands very well. Very um, well. Very well, right? Yes. So, so, you know, that visual matters significantly. It's your brand, right? And so, but that content, when it's beautiful and well-written, will absolutely earn you the right to get those conversations. So that's number one is the profile. Number two is the content. And I'm going to say consistently visual and content is critical. But um, when it comes to social selling content, not all content, but content that we're using to create and open up new opportunities needs to hit five points. Number one, it needs to resonate with your buyer. If your buyer is a pharmaceutical company, you want to say, you know, pharmaceutical professionals, or if you're talking to HR professionals, you want to mm. say human resource professionals, because that's a little bit of a scroll stopper, right? When they're going through and they see their title, they go, oh, this is for me. And their title, just like our names, get us to stop and pause. So that needs to be the first thing. It needs to resonate with them. Number two, it needs to create curiosity. If we're going to get them to keep reading, there's got to be something in there, whether it is from the visual perspective or the first line, 
in the the content, it the title of the ebook, whatever that is, it needs to pull them in. A little hook, right? It needs to have that little hook. It, <laughs> otherwise, they keep scrolling. It, right. It, yeah. Right. And, and in many cases, you only see five lines and you have to click see more. And that's why the visual is so important because that's a scroll stopper as well. Yes. Right. So so now so now we've resonated and we've created curiosity. And the third thing we need to do for social selling content yes. is we need to teach them something new that gets them thinking differently about the way they're doing things today. And that's how we move them from this is interesting to, boy, I, I, I should probably explore this. Even though I hadn't thought about it before. So you move them from, I didn't even know I had a problem. <laughs> oh, I might have a problem. I'm not <laughs> sure if I have a problem, but this certainly makes me think that I'm not doing something right. And now it looks like these people know how to do it right, which takes us to the last one, which is create a compelling moment, move them from lurker to engager, right? We've got, we have, you might put out a piece of content that says you got 453 views, but you only have two likes. What happened to the other 451? The, we, we can't engage with them until we know who they are. Wow. So that's really important. So those are the elements that go into a piece of content that can work for you from a business development perspective. Now I'm going to iterate one more time because I get so much pushback. This is not the formula for all content. Mm, this got is it. formula for sales content. Exactly. To start conversations that lead to opportunities. So that's number two. So the first one was profile. Second one is content. The third piece is nurturing our connections. We have, oh my gosh, I can't, the average, I think it's over a thousand connections now for the average LinkedIn uh, member. So one of the things that we do as salespeople or people responsible as an entrepreneur, we're in sales, right? Anyone who's responsible for growing your, your revenue is we keep going out to net new. We meet new people, new people, new people, mm -hmm. never stop and take inventory of the people that we already have. And let maybe if they're in our CRM, we are, but it, we're definitely not doing it in our LinkedIn connections. So Export your connections or search your first degree connections based on criteria of industry and role, which you can do in, in the free, by the way. you have, There's a lot of opportunity in there. And really start to look at who am I connected to that I've been ignoring? What past clients, what current clients am I connected to that I can ask for referral sources, for, you know, for referrals? Wow. What networking partners, what prospects are in there? Now, these are all our first degree connections. So now we go back to step two, which is the content and start to leverage that content to start conversations. Wow. And I, mean, I could do two hours on just that, but I'll leave it at that, right? And and so that that's absolutely that nurturing connections is critical. And the last one is that warm market prospecting that, you know, the, the pathways to stakeholders. Who do we know that can get us in front of who we want to know? 
And that, those are the things that I believe, those are the four areas. I think I'm gonna add a fifth that kind of threads through all of it, which is social listening and research. Make sure you're, before you get on a call with someone, you know, before I got on this podcast, I want to listen to some podcasts. I want to see, you know, what the format is before, right. I, you know, before I talk with a person, I want to see who are their influencers? Where did they go to school? What, who do we have in common, right? Do that, um, the, a little bit of social listening will go a long way. Without a doubt. And, you know, I just want to give you some kudos, Bryn, because, like during this conversation, you have very specifically added value and and numbered things. Like anytime I someone says number one, I think, boy, they really must know what they're doing, right? Because that is a very organized way of communicating information that, I mean, I started writing it down as soon as you said number one, even though I know we could listen to this podcast as many times as we want, it got me very engaged. And I was like, note taking, right? That's a part of the way that I learn anyway. So I wanted to just call that out. Um, and also um, in that last list, when you said, teach them something new to do things differently than what they do today. I think about that as, wow, People are doing this better, easier, faster, more fun than I'm doing. I feel like that's a call out to become better. Not necessarily that I'm doing something wrong, but that, wow, I could be better. And I do find that like very inspiring. And then finally, again, all these thoughts while you were giving your list, um, the export and to search your own first degree connections, that is like totally the same as shopping in, in my closet. Okay, like, yes, I don't need a new outfit. I need to go in my closet with all the things I already have and see how I can put some things together. Uh, amen to that. <laughs> so maybe that'll help people remember, hey, listen, if you don't think you have any prospects, go shop in your closet. I love that. I love it too. So one other thing that sort of washed over me, again, especially with the lists and the information, like this is like, you know, the checklist of everything you need to do to be successful. At the same time, I started to feel like a little bit overwhelmed, like, oh my God, how am I going to do all this and track all this? And, and a little light bulb went off in my head that said, AI can help you. And I know that you know about this. So this is sort of the big thing that's happening right now um, in, in 2023. And we wanna talk about AI, chat GPD, talk to us guru, tell us how we can do this with a bit more ease. Yeah, so, so chat GPT and AI is revolutionizing everything, however, Currently, as we're recording this, when you say, write me an article on this topic, <laughs> it is obviously very generic and you're not going to stand out. So um, we also believe in the authenticity of voice and how critical the human aspect is in, in sales, especially a complex sale. You know, if you're selling a pair of Nike shoes, it, you can use all AI. It doesn't matter. They're buying the Nike shoes or the Adidas sneakers, right? Fine. But if you are trying to engage another professional 
that's at a high level of education or knowledge or industry experience, AI isn't going to cut it alone. So what we're saying is you've got to capture your genius and your voice. Absolutely. We recommend you go into Zoom and you talk for 10 minutes. If you're an entrepreneur, you're probably a really good talker. And you just you pick a topic and you just talk about it. You grab that transcript and you say to ChatGPT, um, write a blog post that's 500 words using the following transcript only. Do not research. And now wow. we start to org, and then you've got to go through and edit because it's still not great, right? Like it's right. now maybe 75 or 80% there, but we are at least capturing our own voice there. Um, the other thing, I mean, what we use, I mean, we have 101 templates. Actually, if you go to socialsaleslink.com slash chat GPT, you can download our 101 LinkedIn template prompts. Um, through that comes out in a Chrome extension for magical, but um, ultimately, you know, you can, we have a formula for a good headline, right? Who do you help? How do you help them? The results you bring and you know, what's your differentiator what makes you special? We have prompts where you fill in those blanks and it writes your headline. So you can, for your about section, for your experience section, all there free, you can go grab it. Um, but ultimately the goal is that you don't just use AI. AI is a tool for you to get started. And then everything that it puts out, you need to read and make sure it's your voice and it sounds like you it, it, and that it will resonate with your audience. Um, so I love AI for lots and lots of reasons, but it's it, we still need to have the human element. I totally agree. And I feel like it's it's not for a beginner, right? For someone like you or me, who all this time we've been writing our stuff from scratch and painstakingly, you know, organizing it and editing it and theming it, right? So we have what we need, but we're spending a lot of time doing it. And so where I find uh, chat GPD is helpful is um, I'll write my own stuff and then I'll ask chat GPD to write it because I want to see, even if it goes out for research, I want to see what it's picking up that I just didn't even think about. Not that I'm going to trust its facts and figures because I realize, you know, it's it's only up to 2021 or now maybe 2022. Well, no, no, I think it's real time if you're paying now. Oh, okay. Well, there's, okay. hey, write that down, right? Uh, I know you search is Bing. Oh, wow. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Um, however, um, I just think that finding different themes, like getting a different point of view is very helpful. And then I've also found that at times, um, and maybe this is Grammarly's AI, but it may reorganize um, the thoughts in a more like I'll always say, hey, use this content, but present it in a more compelling way that's professional, organized, and inspiring. And sometimes it'll move a thought or it'll combine thoughts, which I usually do, but it just takes me forever. Yeah, sometimes I'll say add a little humor. Oh, love that. And 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 occasionally, you know, as we're going through this, I may say, 
pull 10 quotes from this and then I use that in Canva for the visual. Oh, wow. Love it. I'm telling you, Bryn, you are like the resource that the gift that just keeps on giving. And I really, I, I really appreciate, um, I appreciate the way that you're sharing. When, when we came on to the recording before we, we hit the button, uh, we were talking about the LinkedIn note taker. And again, I, I had no concept of that prior to this conversation. I would just love for people to hear about that because I think that as far as you're still doing the work, it's still your voice, it's still your effort, but the time, the time that you're saving, can, can you talk a little bit about that just to close us out? Yeah, just to clarify, it's the Zoom note taker. Oh, the Zoom, um, right. Yep. And and so, you know, there are tons out there. I use Sybil.ai because it does so much of the work for me. Um, but what happens is it records it, we get the transcript, but it also will grab the key points and it will form a follow-up email. Again, I have to review it, make sure nothing's missing. Um, for, you know, I had a huge meeting and it, actually said that I had a next step, but it was really someone else's. So it's not uh, right. perfect, right? But if we, it, it's 90% there. So at the end of every client meeting, I have a recap that I can email them. And then it lives there. So weeks later, if I forgot something that I said, or someone says, yeah, um, how much was that that you quoted me? I can go back and pull it from the chat. It's just so helpful. And I think about young adults coming into the workforce and, you know, it's intimidating to think of all the stuff I know after 40 years in the workforce that these kids don't know on day one. And if they are, if they're skilled at using these tools um, and they, and they follow proper security procedures, they can get a huge leg up. And my hope is, is that that would allow them to more, um, delve more into their technology that, that they studied at school, their art, um, whatever it is that is their passion, their area of expertise. I feel like if they could get more into that, because some of this peripheral stuff can be handled, again, with review, um, maybe we'll have a generation of, of some real game changers, right? Like I'm always looking at what uh, the world can do for our young people. Yeah, and you and I have a lot of those those early co you know, kids in college and right, right, like, and I, we're wa I'm watching the, and I also have a, a daughter who's thirty three, and I'm watching the difference in generation. Right, there are younger kids, right, the the college age, you know, twenty five and under age, grew up where technology was connected to them like an umbilical cord. It's um, incredible, and that the the ease of use. I have a granddaughter who just turned three two days ago who can use an iPad better than I can. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. And she'll, she knows exactly, you know, the five clicks to get to Coco Melon and to get to Paw Patrol. Like <laughs> oh they know how to do this, right? So it is innately part of their, their culture we're for you and I, and we're pretty good, but you know, it is not innate to us. We work at it. Um, my daughter's generation is better, but she had a razor cell phone, not a, uh, you know, right. Not a <laughs> right? But these a clip, kids, a Blackberry, a razor. You know? Yeah. Right. I had the Blackberry, uh, right. but 
you know, and, and she's good at technology, but are right. the 25 and under, it is part of their DNA. I know that's not how exactly. DNA works, but, but it, it's, it's part of their, you know, who they are innately. And, um, and that's where, I mean, if you look at the, I don't even know his age, but the CEO of OpenAI that invented ChatGPT, I wow. mean, he's, he's, I don't know how old he is, but he's really young. <laughs> and yeah. um, and it, it, the we can't even imagine what's next, but they can. It's so much potential. And, you know, I, I appreciate you mentioning, like, we have done some work together with recent high school grads, and I so appreciate um, your involvement with the Leaders Creating Leaders Scholarship and Perpetuity Fund. And I I love working with young adults, and my feeling is, and I don't know if you agree with it, but the ideal time for a young adult to engage with LinkedIn is the moment that they select, even if they're not accepted yet, but the minute that they commit in their heart and soul to an institution, to a college, whatever it is, a trade school, my feeling is, is that's when they should really start to work at connecting with people that are associated with that future. And we have had tremendous success this year with our scholarship winners. We work all summer and we have students that reached out to alumni and the alumni were so impressed that they hadn't even started their first semester and that they had a professional LinkedIn profile and that they had great messaging. Yes. And it's incredible. And I just wonder, like, what do you feel? What do you feel that students can do to maximize their career or academic future using LinkedIn? Well, number one, connect with all your friends' parents. <laughs> Um, mm. actually, that's number two. Number one, is make sure your profile is robust, uh, that it has, you know, if you had any kind of leadership role, if you were every club you were part of and, and talk about the, you know, the commitment, the excitement, the passion, the grit that you have. Um, you know, I have one son who is now at Rutgers crew. Right. And that it is a an arduous, <laughs> it is a a difficult sport. And he is working his tush off. And I said, every employer would love to hire someone that was at a D1 school for an a first sport. Absolutely. Right? Because there is, you know, so I you know, build that out. Talk about, you know, all of those things. And by the way, high school too, right? Yep. I mean, if you are going above and beyond, whether it's a club, a sport, you're volunteering for something, like build that out. Number two is connect with your teachers, your your friends, parents. You're going to be blown away at how many pathways that your friends, parents have to job opportunities. And I'm not, I don't want to go too down a rabbit hole in this, right. but I want to, I want to explain why. So what happens is, let's say, oh, there is a job at Johnson & Johnson as an intern. I would love to work there, but I am sure there are 700 other applicants. So now I want to see who do I know at Johnson & Johnson. I go, oh, Bobby's mom works at Johnson & Johnson. Perfect. Maybe she can help me get in, right? I bet she could. Right. And then I, <laughs> and, and so that is the the first level of why once you are in 
college, once even through, you just connect with every professional that you come into contact with. You just never know. Exactly. And again, when you said, you know, the robust profile, that was the number one thing that the students got as feedback as they were reaching out. And they were reaching out based on commonalities, maybe not just an alumni, but an alumni who also was interested into maybe going into the Peace Corps. We had a student that was interested in that. Um, and, and having those two touch points lit up these people, right? Um, and then when they looked at the profile, they're like, your profile's better than mine. <laughs> And you're, and you're networking better than me. Um, I'm going to stick with you all throughout college. I think you have a great future. And I just, you know, I feel like sometimes it's intimidating to just be coming into things as a young adult. But at the same time, Bryn, I think that's when you're the the most compelling because you're not threatening. You're not selling anything. You're just a young adult who's saying, I'm brand new at this. I looked at your profile. I thought you were where I want to be in 25 years. And I just love to follow your, your feed or whatever. And if the people are looking at their LinkedIn, they're saying yes. They're, they're delighted to say yes. Absolutely. And no matter where you go in the world, if you're in a business development role, if you're an entrepreneur growing your own business, you're, this is such an old saying, Donna, but your network is your net worth. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it, and by the way, when it comes down to content, again, I don't want to go, often it's not always who you know, but it's who knows you. Right. So, right, so that's where consistently sharing content and networking is fabulous. Oh my goodness, Bryn, could we not go on forever? Um, I just, I hope people will take notes like I did, but listen, if they don't, where should they click? And we did get that one um, site from you, yeah. uh, the uh, the social sales link chat, gpd.com, all that. Oh, we're right, going so yeah, to so list we'll, it all. We're going to okay. list it all. So I'll give you, I'll, we'll do three. So yes. socialsaleslink.com slash chat GPT is number okay. one. Okay, socialsaleslink.com slash library is our free library of hundreds Maybe even we hit a thousand pieces of content, ebooks, podcasts. We'll link this podcast in there as well. Love it. Like our content, the all our public content, our YouTube videos, everything is like curated in one library. So beautiful. Socialsaleslink.com slash library. And last, I am still the only Bryn Tillman on LinkedIn. However, wow. <laughs> I've hit my 30,000 limit. I have 64,000 followers or something like that. So I ask that you follow me and you can send me a connection request, but I will say I have to delete people to accept people. So there's a little bit of a delay there. So just sharing that. Love that. And so there is a, you're saying that for first connections, there's a 30,000 person limit. Yep. And then, but for followers, is there a limit for that? Unlimited amount of followers. So okay, follow all right. You awesome. Can, um, and you can also email me, Bryn at socialsaleslink.com, B-R-Y-N-N-E. I am very accessible. Um, it, it just, my my cell is everywhere. So, um, including my LinkedIn profile. So you can text me and say, you don't know me, but I heard you on. Um... <laughs> the evocative exchange. Love that. Yep. Yep. yep, yep. 
Well, I, I hate to wrap because this has just been so much fun. It's been so great catching up with you. And um, I absolutely wish you all the best as we see more and more technology that can help us do more with less and, and authentically connect with other people and add value. I love that authentically. Yes. <laughs> right on. Thank you so much for having me on. And thanks for coming. We appreciate it. This has been the Evocative Exchange that explores people and businesses that have that X factor that keeps you inspired and focused on what's possible.